Welcome to Out on a Limb, where traditional finance and the new digital economy converge with a sense of history. My name is Tim Enneking, and this is episode 40, nice round number. Uh, today is June 13th, 2023, and it is about 3 p.m. on the West Coast of the U.S. A couple of topics, ex more extensive topics, and then four real quick ones at the end. There's been a lot of news, nothing all that... Uh, unpredicted or surprising, but still very interesting. The first, of course, is inflation. U.S. inflation came in at 4%. The core CPI, which excludes food and energy, is still quite high, by the way. It came in at 4.8, below 5 where it was before. This is, that's probably the worst aspect of the news. Uh, ev virtually everyone said all indications are positive right now, positive being, of course, that inflation is down. Interestingly, you may or may not know that there's also a regional inflation index, and it usually doesn't get published that much, but it was quite interesting because the lowest inflation of the regions, and they're, they're quite large, they each include about 10 states. New England has the lowest inflation rate, and this doesn't include New York, it's northeast of there, at 2.4% which was a, the lowest rate for any region in the last two years. Uh, local, obviously, but still quite interesting and potentially important. The highest, by the way, were 5 and 5.1% in the South Atlantic and the Mountain States, respectively. So the spread is fairly large, but it, neither of the high ones at 5 and 5.1 are hugely above inflation, particularly for, uh, core inflation. And importantly, the inflation rate is now at less than 50% of the high. It's high, uh, again, about two years ago was 9.1%, and now we are at 4%, so it's very, very nice. In sum, I would say that means we have zero chance for a rate increase tomorrow. As those of you know who listen to me periodically, uh, I've called for no rate increases between now and the end of the year. Interestingly, the bond markets are still pricing in a small likelihood of a rate increase in July, but I'm sticking to my guns. And if that works, the only one that I will have been slightly off on over the last eight, nine months is February, where I predicted a 50% increase and the Fed did a 25. And I still maintain that if you ask Powell to do a do-over, he'd he'd do a 50. So good news on the inflation front. We'll get to the market effects of that um, here because fiat markets or TradFi, traditional finance markets, uh, uh, you know, East Coast markets in the U.S., they were all up very nicely. Yesterday, depending on which one you look at, was up about two-thirds of a percent, again, with the three major indices, the Dow, S&P, and NASDAQ. Same thing, up about two-thirds of a percent. Uh, crypto, on the other hand, was down, or depending on what time frame, because it's not open the whole, it's not open just the eight hours that East Coast markets are open, was at best sideways, at worst, a, a little bit down. And that was a little bit surprising because of the, uh, the third item we'll get to. Uh, interestingly, back to the inflation number one, very fascinating statistic. The price of eggs between April and May fell 14%. That was the biggest drop in eggs in 72 years. So now we can all go out and have omelets for breakfast again. Item number two is Congress. 
fascinating what's going on as it hasn't gotten a lot of attention because most political attention has been absorbed by Donald Trump. As I mentioned a bit last week, right-wing Republicans uh, have been really blockading work in the House. And for a very simple mathematical reason, the Republicans, sorry, the Democrats don't have quite enough to have a majority. The non-far right-wing Republicans also don't have enough, quite enough to form a majority. So the members of the Freedom Caucus, which is the the most right-wing of the Republicans, they have effectively, by not voting to even approve rules votes, which are, are the rules to get bills to Congress, by blocking even those, they've stopped McCarthy, who's the, the Speaker of the House and the head of the Republican Party in the House, from even bringing bills to the vote. So last week, Congress quit on Tuesday, and McCarthy told everyone to go home. Uh, this week, the episode is continuing. And the Freedom Caucus uh, apparently doesn't really care. Now, interestingly, the Freedom Caucus actually added two members because of these antics, which is a bit frightening. But the other thing that is looming, in addition to the debt crisis or after the debt crisis, is that in uh, October, by October, the United States has to pass a budget. And if the Republicans continue to block progress in Congress, uh, the United States, after the, the fa- facing the debt ceiling problem, will face a shutdown uh, of the entire U.S. government because of lack of funding. Not sure how likely that is. Obviously, we're in early June now. But as a theoretical possibility, the Republicans and the right-wing Republicans are very far apart. Keep in mind that there is an agreement reached for the debt, cri- debt ceiling agreement to, or as part of the debt ceiling agreement, as to what would happen to the next uh, year and a half or so until January 1st of the budget. So in theory, the budget has already been agreed upon. So now you have McCarthy, who is beholden to Biden and the Democrats because he reached an agreement. And now you have the right-wing, right-wing Republicans holding uh, the entire government hostage over additional cuts that they want. In other words, they're ignoring uh, their leader's agreement. Uh, not sure how bad this is going to get. It only takes five stubborn uh, right-wing Republicans to prevent uh, a law from being passed or rules or whatever being passed in Congress. So we will see. We'll uh, maybe revisiting this issue. The third point is a crypto one. The documents from the SEC were released, the notes were released from a speech given in 2018 by the head, the then head of enforcement, a gentleman by the name of Hillman. And those uh, notes make it make Ripple's case very much stronger that the SEC decided that Ethereum was no longer a security. And if you take the criteria that the SEC applied to Ethereum, those pl- apply probably in particular to XRP, which is the Ripple token. Strangely enough, the, the market didn't react positively to that news, although I was expecting it would. But the malaise and the concerns, uh, the outright fear still floating around from the SEC cases against Coinbase and Binance are really causing everyone to retreat in the, in the, crypto, in the crypto space. The Ripple decision, by the way, will have uh, at least significant effect, maybe major effects on Coinbase and Binance because there hasn't been a lot of, legis- uh, a lot of judicial rulings Uh, with respect to the security question, whether tokens are securities or not.
The fourth item, the Great Resignation. You remember this was dubbed with, uh, when so many people were quitting their jobs after COVID, and as COVID wound down, they continued to quit their jobs. Well, the Great Resignation as of today is statistically officially over. The quits rate, as it's called, somewhat euphemistically, is now essentially the same, 0.1% above the pre-COVID rate. So now we're getting back into more of a stable employment situation. Uh, that's probably a good thing, gives a little bit more stability to the economy, but it's for a slightly wrong, bad reason, and that is because people are cons- more concerned about things like inflation. The final two items are very, very brief. They're not really financial in nature, but both of them could be, so I bring them up. The fifth is that uh, Donald Trump was arraigned today, the first time in history that a U.S. president has been formally accused of a crime once he left office, a, not a positive uh, milestone at all in the history of the United States. So far, the actions taken with respect to him are reinforcing the concept that no one is above the law. But we will see. One of the things we've already seen in so many of his cases that it helps to have deep pockets so you can uh, file motion after motion after motion, if not, def- de- if not designed to win, at least designed to delay. Of course, the huge irony here is that Trump, as of this moment, is likely to win the GOP nomination, but is not likely to win the, the general election because of the, the negative vote that he would have to overcome. But nevertheless, if he were to do that, the first thing he would do, of course, is fire, fire the special counsel and dismiss the case against him. Uh, and if he, is, if he is found guilty, and it is possible for a, a felon to become president of the United States, as long as the felony is not insurrection, then he could pardon himself, which would be just a fascinating exercise and, and give the Supreme Court something to chew on. The sixth and final item, again a news item, the Ukrainian counteroffensive has very clearly begun, but we should bear in mind how it's begun as having spent 32 years in the military, seven on active duty and 25 in the reserves. I've got a passing familiarity with this sort of thing. What Ukraine is doing and the reason why some people are not sure whether the counteroffensive has begun is because it's simply probing. It's trying to push in a whole bunch of different directions. There appear to be four main axes or avenues of attack at the moment. And once there is a a breakthrough, then you can see uh, the Ukrainians flooding uh, that area with weapons and troops. Right now, it it appears that most of its weapons and troops are still waiting in the rear areas for something to, to get shaken up. One interesting report I read was where I believe it was in Russian, where the Ukrainians are actually putting, pushing down both sides of a river valley. And that gives, of course, the Russians the high ground, but the Ukrainians have started taking some of that. And it may be that they'll use a, a river, a riverbed uh, and uh, the banks as an avenue of attack, which if they do would actually be quite novel. Uh, rivers are usually viewed as obstacles, not as ways to penetrate the enemy. And with that, that's episode number 40 of Out on a Limb. I hope you all have a great week.